to Nubia Throws Podcast. Today with us we have Kate Motz, one of the best javelin throwers of all time at University of Virginia. She took some time to talk to us about her experiences and lessons she learned in college. Kate made all ACC three times and competed at NCAA first round finals three times as well. One of the toughest athletes out there of all time, I would say as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Kate Motz. All right, Kate Motz, thank you very much for coming. Uh, Kate, uh, you are one of the toughest athletes I ever coached. Uh, you went through some, some crazy injuries. You came back from them. Uh, you uh, struggled and you thrived and you experienced everything in sports twice and three times over. Um, I wanted to tell us a little bit about uh, how did you get into throwing in the first place? Throwing was, it, I was told to do it. It wasn't something that I went out and I was like, oh, I want to be a thrower. Like I grew up, I was a basketball player, basketball player for yeah. like 12 years, like my whole life. That was my sport. I loved it. I was like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be a basketball player. Um, you have to and pretty much start like middle school. You playing basketball or, or posing for basketball. Oh yeah. The ball. <laughs> this is my modeling days. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was doing, so I was a basketball player and then it was middle school time and I did AAU early on. And then it was just something that I wasn't going to be able to pursue during the summer and spring, summertime. So I decided I need to do track to stay in shape. So in middle school, what I did was I did every event. Like I ran, I was a sprinter, I threw, I was a jumper. I literally did everything. And then when I got to high school in ninth grade, my coach was very, her mind, she, she was more like, okay, if you, if you throw, you throw, if you jump, you jump, and if you run, you run. Like, she, it was more structured that way, okay. which is kind of odd because it's track, but um, that's just how it was structured. So, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do everything. So, then I kind of, like, tried out each event. So, I did each thing each day, and then when I got to throwing, I got through, I think it was shot was the event we were doing that day, and I threw shot, and my coach was like, whoa. All right, you're throwing. You're going to stay and throw. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to throw. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really like it. I kind of was just like, okay, like I have to do it. Because I just had this perception of, in my mind was that because commonly when you're in high school, like it's not always the most athletic people throwing. It's kind of just, oh, I want to do an event and I'm just going to go throw. So I was just like, oh, I'm not really using my athleticism throwing, which is hilarious because now I realize you have to be super, super athletic to throw. Um, so for probably my first two years of high school, I was just, I enjoyed it because I had friends doing it and I was good at it. So it was fun, but it wasn't like I wasn't super passionate about it and stuff like that. And then actually in the 11th grade, I actually quit track. I was like, I'm sick of this. I don't want to do it. I'm going to quit. So I decided, like, yeah, it was this huge thing. So I was like, all right, like I'm, I'm going to quit. And then I was like, you know, so nervous telling my coach. I was like, it's just not for me. Like, I just, I can't do it. Like, I want to go play lacrosse with my friends. Was, and they were just like. It was not, it's not you, it's me kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just like, I, I just, I, I can't do it. Like, it's, I don't feel athletic. I don't feel like I'm not running. Like, I just don't like it. And it, you would have thought like somebody died. It, like, I was called into the athletic department by my the athletic director, the like head track coach, my throws coach the head lacrosse coach and they're like Kate what are you doing like you can't quit I was like I just I can't do it and my throws coach because we had a really long in-depth conversation about it and he was like he's like if this is what you need to do he's like 
I understand. He's like, go do it. Cause I want the Kate Motsu comes back to me and says, okay, I tried something else. I really like, I need to keep throwing. Like he's like, that's the athlete I want. I don't want you to be forced here and not try or not, not cause I'm my personality. Like, I'll still try, but he's like, I want the athlete to come back to me. And then you really realize like, all right, this is what I want to do. So after our big group meeting with the directors, they're like, okay, Kate, you can do both sports. So what I would do is I would do school and then I would go to track practice until from like 2.30 until like four-ish. And then I'd go to lacrosse practice from like four to six. And then I still had basketball. So some days I'd go basketball six to nine. It was, it was insane. It, and then some days I had like meets and games. Like it, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> um, and then like it got to a point where all of a sudden like track just started like clicking because I was getting like, I was having so much fun, like playing a sport for fun. Like I was really, really thoroughly enjoying it. And then I was like learning javelin more, getting better at it. And then that started to be more fun because throwing, it's so, it's so frustrating. Like you will, you kind of hit a plateau, plateau. And then all of a sudden you hit this big breakthrough and you're just like, just like, you know, the heavens come down you're like, Oh my God, I figured it out. (laughs) And then it's so much more fun again. And it's just kind of that, it's such a love hate thing a lot of the time. And then it, and then track was, I was having a great time because it was just, it was, I was making it fun. Like I wasn't, because my problem is, is, you know, like I'll get too serious about it. And I just need to learn just to be like, okay, it's okay. Just like, it's all right. Um, yeah. And then of course, like, you know, started recruiting process and everything, but which was, that's a whole nother story. But um, yeah, it was, it was such an odd start to throwing, but it was amazing. Now I love it and recommend people to do it, but it's definitely an odd start. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't planned but from your end. Like this is, you know, from the beginning, you wanted to do it. You, you kind of found your way. Um, and I, I love the fact that you played so many sports. I would say that's a, a really, really good tool for all young athletes to find first what you're good at and then develop your skills too. Because like, you know, in throwing, yeah. you have to be an athlete, right? You think like, oh, like you said, you know, I have to just be strong, you know, or big. Mm-hmm. Far from that, you got to be cat right yeah absolutely. yeah you really do <laughs> um, really you have to be fast flexible strong uh very you know dexterity has to be great um and and you obviously that's why you were you know, one of our best throwers because you are an amazing athlete um but why did you choose uva like i know why i would choose it why did you choose it yeah i choose uva because it had the best combination so like, the school i should i talk about like where I was first committed. We can talk. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, we can talk about whatever you want to. Uh, that was a weird. <laughs> this is like Joe Rogan, just you know. Uh, we'll yeah. It was... <laughs> the For the next Joe Rogan. Um, Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of, it was uh, when I was in high school. I was first. The school I was first committed to was University of New Orleans because I was really interested in the coach. Um, it was Ty Saban. He's he was coaching at Texas. I think he's yes. since stopped coaching, but at the time he was. Um, the U.S. women's national record holder, Kara Winger, or Kara Patterson was her Olymp- name. Olympic coach. Um, or maiden name, I should say. So he was her coach. So I was initially committed to go there. And then it was about two weeks before I was supposed to fly down to New Orleans. So this was probably, it was summer of 2013. I was supposed to start college, fall 2013. And I get a message saying that he was going to University of Texas. And my heart sank. I was like, I, I was going to college. I mean, you're not supposed to say that, but I was going to college for, for this team. Like we were building, like 
we had so many athletes coming in. It was going to be awesome. This great group of athletes to train with. Cause that's what I was really seeking. And so that was my first mindset when I was going to college was I'm going to college for track. Like this is what I'm going for. And, and I didn't really, I guess, see the advantage to going to a different university. I was just like for the actual academic and other side, like I knew I wasn't going to go to a, a terrible school, but really I was like, all right, if they're all good schools, really what's the major difference. Um, so then when I found out he was leaving, I need to reassess everything. Cause now I didn't want to go to new Orleans. There's no reason for me to go. I was like, I don't, I don't want to go there. There's no, everyone's leaving. Everyone, no one's going to go. So I got it before. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was on a you camping trip. Actually. The recruiting process in two weeks now. Yes. Yeah. So it, it was really stressful. So I got a complete release. So I was on a camping trip when I got the email. It's like a Friday night, Saturday, I got it. Monday, I got back. I immediately, I was like calling the college. I was like, the coach is like, I need a complete release. Like, please, like, please release me. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to come. So as long as I didn't go to a college within their um, conference, I was okay. I, I had the full release. So I was granted my full release and it was really weird because I had to sign like dropout forms. Like, do you want to drop out of this college? I'm like, uh, I guess so. I don't want to so be a, I, a college dropout before even going to college, right? Yeah, it was like, I was like, this is a big moment in my life. I'm dropping out of college before I even go. I didn't, I didn't uh, start, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even start. Uh, so then I, had, I was kind of left with this decision because I had two weeks. And actually, one of the other athletes, just about everybody got a complete release. He already, he found, he ended up going to Tulane. But he was able to do it within two weeks, which I was just amazed with how he did that. But I... I chose to take the fall semester off of college. So I didn't go to college in that fall and I just redid my recruiting process. So then I, it was essentially me recontacting schools and saying, Hey, remember me? I'm actually available now. Can we, can we restart this process? So I pretty much narrowed it down just between Penn state and UVA. And so I, you know, came back down on some visits and I went down, met with, Coach Wilson, Abby Karen was there, Brittany Boswick, I met everybody. And I was just there and I just, I fell in love with it. It was the perfect environment of, it was extremely competitive athletics and competitive academics. And then the social atmosphere was so supportive, but it was also competitive, which is something I like. And I think that that's a, the beauty of UVA, which unfortunately I think for some people it kind of does turn into like a sink or swim scenario, but it's an environment where it's so competitive that you, it really brings out the best in you because there's, you know, that if you're, let's say if it's school related, if you're not studying and you're not working your butt off, somebody else is, and then they're going to beat you there or you're going to fail your test because it's a really difficult test and things like that. But then also at the same time, you could reach out and be like, Hey, can you help me with this? And everybody will drop what they're doing and they'll help in a heartbeat. But it's definitely a, it's a fast paced environment there, which is something I really enjoy and it's competitive, but it's very supportive. So it's this really cool dynamic, I think, at UVA. That, that's just what I loved about it. And then our team and coaching staff, it was just, it was hard to, it was hard to say no, it was perfect. So it was that, remember it was, it was end of January, or no, end of um, November is when I officially was able to make my commitment to UVA because then, I, you know, all I got accepted and everything was able to, paperwork and stuff was able to go through. So then I started, that J term, I started, I drove down in early early January. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like that you say, well, you're not supposed to say it, but you are supposed to say it. You were finding 
environment for you that is your coach, that is your teammates, and is academics as well, right? So yeah. if those reasons, one of those reasons uh, change, you should definitely reconsider. Uh, you're going to spend, yeah. you know, two, three hours a day with your coach, two, an extra two, three hours a day, so maybe six hours a day with your teammates. That's a long yeah. time to spend with somebody you don't like, <laughs> right? Oh, it's a so long time. Second, right? And then years of it. It's not even – and for me, I was just – I did my bachelor's and master's. I was there for five and a half years. You were there more than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did two victory laps. <laughs> yeah. It's, it uh, definitely defines you. It defines who you are. And, uh, and, yeah. And, uh, and we went to the same program, right, uh, exercise physiology. Yeah. Uh, man, it is, um, it is competitive and they will make you, like you say, sink or swing. I, I, uh, swing. Yeah. I definitely felt that too. Um, and, and I like the, the fact that there's, like you said, people that will help you. They don't want mm -hmm. you to be, you know, eaten by crocodiles or, or, you know, whoever else yeah. is, right? You're heard moving forward. And if you're, you know, if you're trailing behind, they'll pick you up. Like, let's go, let's go. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, and it's, that's, scary. I think it's, it's so scary. It makes you prepares you right prepares you well for real life absolutely because you want to be surrounding yourself by people who are going to push you you don't want to surround yourself by people who are just going to sit back and relax and just which is a fine thing like you're able to do that but i think most of the personalities of our teammates competitive athletes as well as just other students at uva everybody's mindset's that i want to constantly improve and i want to be the best that i can and you want to surround yourself by people who do that because if you're not being pushed or you're not changing in any way you're not growing and you always want to be able to progress and be the best possible version of yourself. And, and the way you did it too, it's, it's incredible. Um, <laughs> what, so <laughs> it was quite the path. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to your injury soon. Uh, yeah. We're in the college, right? So we're talking about all, how competitive it is. And I, mm -hmm. we do have some people, to, they come in, they, they come from good high schools and they come into UVA. And I know it's the case with every good academic university they yeah. think they're, they know what they need to know, uh, but sometimes they get overwhelmed. What are some things that you wish you knew or what are some things that you did well to prepare yourself for being a student and an athlete, right? So you're a full-time athlete, you're a full-time student. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you uh, wish you knew? I think the biggest thing from the start is you need to learn what's really important to study. Because I think sometimes, and like how much time you need to devote to a certain assignment. That's the biggest mistake I see most first years do is you get all this assignment from, from your, your professors and some of uh, you might have three professors assign you 50 pages of reading each. And then you have, so let's say it's like uh, a liberal arts something. So maybe it's a sociology class that assigns you 75 pages of reading and then you, but then you have like biology that assigns you 20 or something like that. So certain, depending on the course, it's how in depth you need to like extrapolate out that information and how like what's super important and i think sometimes like people get bogged down with needing to read like and analyze every single word like i was my bachelor's actually sociology and social professors would probably be mad but you're not supposed to like like i think if you if you have your one week and you're sitting there and you're just like analyzing in depth all of this sociology stuff you're having hundreds and hundreds of pages because it's not it's it's they're always going to do that that's the nature of that degree or those courses but what you're being you're it's it's a lot of writing heavy it's not as much testing so you don't need to as long as you're grasping the main concepts you don't need to be able to reiterate verbatim what the 
textbook says. But then if you're going into biology and it's a lot less text, but those you need to be able to apply the information, you need to be able to read that information much more in depth. So it's kind of like, I think people, like, you need to learn the balance at first just to like what assignments truly need you to dedicate a significant amount of time because that's going to be put on the exam or you need to be able to reiterate that information versus what is this, are you getting an assignment so you get more of a background knowledge, if that makes sense. Like sometimes I think people get bogged down and just, oh, I need to read 400 pages of reading this week, but you don't actually need to read that in depth, all of that. I'd spend more time on like the harder courses. I guess if that makes the most sense, but no, there's certain courses yeah, that really require more time than others. Yeah, so I think it's just figuring out at first, right. I guess that. So no, no, basically find out what's the, the purpose of the reading, right? Is it to know the concept yeah. in general or to memorize, you know, every little detail, right? So yeah, and I think that's the thing. biggest thing. Yeah. Cause that's where you waste so much time is cause if you're just sitting there, just cause I think it's a point where you're just reading words, you're not knowing the information. You're just reading the words to read them. Um, so I think that that's number one is what the assignment actually is. Like, is this something that you can skim and just get the general concept or do you need to really analyze it? Um, I think that's number one. Number two, I'd say would be time management because that also, it plays into that because you only have such limited time. Like, especially your first year, there's so many requirements. You have academic meetings. You need to make, meet weekly or biweekly with your academic advisors. So that's a usually 30 minute meeting that you have to do. You have study hall hours. Obviously you have class, you have practice, you have lift, you have to go to the athletic training room, you have to go to office hours, you have to eat, you have to sleep. And of course you need social life because you need to be able to just relax and unwind with your friends. So there's so many areas that are really tugging and pulling on you and they're demanding of your time. But when you're able to really sit down and like, plan out, plan out your week. Like I had, I had a friend, it was, I could never possibly do this. He literally mapped out like every hour of his day. And I was like, and that, I think he needed to do that to make himself like under, be able to make his time work. And then I think probably once he figured out his weekly schedules and what worked, then I think he dropped it off, but he would have time blocked out class, study, go to dinner, go to, like he had it. It was pretty intense, but um, once you figure that process out then you're able to really just pick okay or like and then when you do study you're like all right i really only have two hours to study because you can't study till 2 a.m and most first years if you talk to them how much sleep did you get last night uh five four like they just come out i'm like what are you what are you doing that you can sleep more than that you definitely can because it's so important not only for your track but academics your mental health you need to be able to sleep and you shouldn't sacrifice that so I think just that is, when you're yeah. studying, when you're doing stuff, be in the moment to do that. Yeah. Uh, so important, what you just said. Uh, and uh, people, I think a lot of us underestimate mental uh, health. And, and, you know, there's different ways to think about that. But it's really like your body, right? So if you're not sleeping, yeah. you're going to hurt physically, right? So there's going to be... Oh, oh, yeah. You can't recover. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll risk injury, right? Same mentally, right? If you're... Mm -hmm. if you're pushing your straining yourself mentally, you know, uh, sleeping, not sleeping as well. Right. And everything else stressing out like your body, your brain will not be able to function well. Right. So you want to rest, have the best muscles, right. That you can have the best techniques yeah. to perform. Right. Same, same thing with your brain. If you're not uh, taking care of your mental health, you know, stress on the brain, 
uh, you're not going to remember things as well. You're not going to connect the concept mm -hmm. as well. So you're you're going to hurt in school, and that's just like a, a you know, domino effect. Everything else is going to suffer as well. That's really important. Absolutely. I wish I, I wish I knew that as well. In my first couple of years in college. Um, yeah, because you're thinking you're like, oh, that's the number one thing I can drop. Like eight hours of my day. That's nonsense. I don't. I don't need eight. I mean, I can do six. I can do five. But then when it's, and then I think it's funny because so many people convince themselves that four hours of sleep is their like prime number. And I'm like, like Buscelli. He's like, yeah, four hours prime number. Like, he's like, I, I. He's like, I can do that. He's like, if I don't sleep, I just make it four. And I'm like. That just, I think you should go, it just doesn't, it's, it's not a prime number because over time it just, it, it's not, it's not ideal. So I think just trying to get it and. Well, you're, really you're not living up works. to your full potential, right? So it's, you're not yeah. remembering as many things. There, there's research. I got to pull that out. We'll find uh, later, later after this podcast, I'll check it out. There's, there's been research on sleep deprivation and how well, how, quickly you can do a task when you're rested and how quickly or how slow you can do it when you're not, right? Mm -hmm. You think yeah. you're in the same time, but you're actually prolonging your time that you're going to do a task that you can do in two hours. It's going to take you eight or never because you just can't. Oh yeah. All right. Right. That's why sometimes like when you'd be like, like I remember in grad school, you know, cause you were in the program, but you know, some of the assignments would be so time demanding and I'm just, you'd be so like deep into physiology and not understanding. So like, all right, let me sleep on it. Like, and I'll wake up really early. Like, I'll just, like, I'll go to sleep now. I don't know, maybe it'd be midnight. And I'll be like, all right, I'll wake up at 6.30 and I'll, I'll finish the assignment then. So, because rather than me just not know the answer and not sleep, I would go to bed. And then I swear, I'd be like mid-sleeping and just be like, norepinephrine. Or like, I would just like thinking of like dreaming of like these like hormones. But then I'd wake up and I'd look back at my assignment and be like, oh my gosh, this is, I'm an idiot. Why was I struggling with this? And I would just knock it out right away. And I'd finish it super fast and I'd be able to submit it and have no issues. It's, it's amazing to me that some people actually can do that. They can figure out things in their sleep. Uh, my wife, she does that well. She's, uh, she, when she's sleeping, she's thinking about problems and, and solving them. I, my, my dreams are not that, that organized, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good one. You. Yeah. You know, some people say sleep on it, right? Uh, it does yeah. give you good rest, and there's all research showing that your brain can again function faster and remember more. Uh, but mm -hmm. some people actually can think during their you know sleep. That's it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, yeah, it's like uh, have you heard you know have you heard of like shower thoughts? It's like sleep thoughts, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dreams are not. It's usually me cooking some weird stuff or <laughs> some mundane work, uh, never solving equations. <laughs> I know it's so important, so important to uh, organize. I like your friend that he had that schedule. I think that's way better. Be way organized, more organized that you need to than not be organized as well. So like you said, you can drop yeah. things along the way, uh, but you can just be knocked out. There, there we have the athletes, uh, your teammates that took him, you know, a semester, two semesters, sometimes more to get back on their feet, right? And they ended up well, yeah. uh, they, they, were, they were fine. Uh, they graduated with the good grades. Uh, but sometimes, yeah, you don't, you don't want to, it's better to be more prepared than, than less, right? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it stressed me out looking at his schedule, but like, I know that that's how some people, especially depending on what environment you came from, because high school is so structured. Like in high school, it's, all right, you're in history from this time. Like you're in school all day and like, it's just much more structured. Um, oh, that's another thing for like first years and students is like study during the day between classes. That's so much time that people waste. They'll go on like, they'll just be like, oh, I have 
45 minutes till my next class. I'm just going to go on Instagram or fool around on my computer, study, get an assignment done. That's, you don't want to waste that 45 minutes. Like you're already in the school mode. Like why would you go out of the school mode to go back into class? And now you have to re get your mind back on track. So it's just do assignments then, and then keep it going. I like that. I love that. I love that. Uh, it's almost like you're training, you know, you're practicing and then you have this 45 minute break, then you're going to practice again. Why? Yeah. Right? Like if you can, you know, if you can avoid that, then while you warm yeah, up, it doesn't make sense. With your workout, right? Uh, oh yeah. Like I'm not going to just take a 45 minute break in the middle of my workout. Like, and then you sense. have to warm up again, right? And you get yeah, you have to work. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's uh, that's something I didn't do. I wish I did that in college. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it, right. You have forty-five minutes, let's say, every day in between classes. Mm -hmm. So that's five. You know, five times you have almost you know you have four hours, whatever it is. My math is not not on point. Yeah. Uh, but it adds up over a couple of weeks. That's a lot of hours of study. Oh, it's done. Yeah. Especially some classes, they're only like, if you do one hour a day of that class, that's enough work for the week. Boom, that's one of your stuff that's done. You just do that during that time and yeah. you don't have to think about it. No, that's, it's, it's amazing what you can do when you organize yourself well. And, and, and this is true in undergraduate degree, especially in graduate studies. Yeah. Man, they push you to the limits there. Uh, there, was, there was points oh. with Dr. Wallen and I was just, uh, art. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> well, there'd be times I'm like sitting there and they're like, oh yeah, you, you, you learned this in biochemistry. I was like, the last time I took chem was in 11th grade. I was like, I don't know this. <laughs> and he was amazing too. Uh, our, our, uh, what's oh, he's that? genius. Genius. What's his yeah, he's the He's the dean of kinesiology. Kinesiology, yeah. yeah. The, that man, incredible. He could cite a research paper, how you're supposed to write it, right? Introduction, you know, yep. research. He's just like, I don't understand how you guys don't know it. This is how you do it. He's just like, <laughs> what did you just say? No, you don't, you can't convert APA formatting in your head? What? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you know But yeah, they, they, they push you, right? So you same as in training, like you got to push your, and it's really true. I, I, know, I noticed this uh, later years in my, in my college career, when I would come back from the summer, I will have mm -hmm. a hard time getting back into swigging things or reading. Like you said, sociology, right? You got yeah. reading, I was political economy. It would take me a couple of weeks to be like, oh my God, like, that's 40 pages a day. Like there's no way I can do this. Right? Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. You, you get back at it and your brain really picks up. It's like a muscle. Have you felt that mm -hmm. too? Like more you push it, more you're able to do, read. Yeah. And then yeah, absolutely. And it all just goes into training too. Like, I feel like sometimes like if you if you've been in like off season training you're not training as much like then it's obviously it's when you get back into the swing of training you're just like oh my god like how am I supposed to go to the training room and do this and that and like it just seems so much harder to get all the training stuff done and do everything you need but once you're back in the swing of it it's it's no problem it's like second nature at that point so this is my question now uh, being a student is really hard being an mm -hmm. athlete's really hard and you guys are students and athletes so mm -hmm. how was your one, your day you know, during a regular day? How did you figure things out to, to organize yourself, to study? When did you eat? When did you practice? What helped you? How did you survive? And then not just survive, you thrived. You did really yeah, well. Yeah, I tried, I tried to thrive. Um, I guess I can go through a day, but honestly, I forget my schedule when I, that was at UVA for a while. So I can give you my like grad school schedule because that was probably, that's most recent memory. So for example, like how one of my days was structured in grad school 
was so I was a GA for men's basketball. So I was a strength conditioning coach as well as student athlete and, and grad student. Yeah. So it was pretty busy. But what I would do is I would I woke up at 4:45, had to be at basketball by 5:30. I was coaching from 5:30 until roughly it was around 10 a.m. Yeah, and it was right around 10. So right then 10. So I was coaching from that period. And then I had to go and I had to go to, I think at that point I went to the training room, went to the training room for 45 minutes to an hour. Then I went to, I had a class, went to class until, what was that? That was 11 to I think 1215. 1215 to, they had a two hour block or something like that. I think that's when I practiced. Yeah, then, okay, so then I went to practice. So after class, went straight to practice. And then after practice, I went back to class until about 4.45, went to class. After class, I had to go back over to basketball, coach at basketball from five-ish until seven-ish, 7.30. And then I went home, ate dinner, studied, and went to bed by 9.30, 10, because I had to be up at 4.45. So it was like, uh, my day was super packed, um, clearly, (laughs) but I think just like the way I was able to like do it was because I was able to just do what I needed to do at the time. Like when I was at, when I was coaching, all I was saying about was coaching and learning and being the best that I possibly could. And then when I went to the training room, I was thinking about that. Like, I think sometimes when you're at practice and you're thinking about school or you're thinking about work or your friends or something then you get distracted. You're not actually on task and then you just get, you're not actually getting done what you need to do in the moment. So I think by trying to be able to focus and do what I need to, and then on weekends, that's when I would hang out with my friends and relax and stuff like that. So I was like, I'd like work my butt off during the week. And then weekends is when I was able to go hang out with my friends, go out to dinner or something like that and unwind that way. Um, of course with roommates and stuff, you're able to be unwind a person, right? Like to get some social life, not be a robot. Yeah. Yeah, you turn into this robot, but I felt like it was funny. I was definitely busier my grad school years. I was a thousand percent busier than I was my first year just because of my commitments coaching um, in addition to being a student athlete. But I felt in so much more control my, in grad school. I felt in control of my day, and I felt like I was thoroughly enjoying everything I was doing. I was like, I couldn't be happier. This is amazing. Like, I was, yes, I was really busy, but it was so fun. I loved it. I was doing stuff that I love to do. Practice was going great. I was coming back from Tommy John. So I was just like, I was super motivated in practice. Cause I was like, all right, like I only have one year. I, I that's it. I, I have to be on the 10 month side because Tommy John will get into it probably, but is a 10 to 18 month recovery. And I was like, I gotta be at 10 months. So I don't have time for 18. <laughs> so I was like super motivated to do the best I could. And then I was able to apply stuff um, from class and work. So I was just, doing what I needed to do at the time and but it was fun yeah I really I wouldn't have changed a thing it was awesome I loved it I don't know how you did it it was so I remember we we're talking about oh no your audio went lift right they go do some lifts uh in the basketball gym right on your yeah own. that was able to help me out a lot when I lifted over there sometimes yeah it was just uh, <laughs> but it, it, it was doable right it, it, it was you did it you did it well and you know you had a you got a great uh great experience with all, all that and accomplished a lot with those those things and most of all i mean you were around our basketball program at the historic time <laughs> this oh, is yeah. the best thing in history of you they won ncas how'd that feel for you personally right because so, you were part of that yeah that was awesome it was 
it was amazing to see just there because I really was starting with them full-time so because in grad school I was with them so in 2017 to 2018 2017 in the fall I was with them I was doing like a internship through because I had to do it for grad school and then I started back up with them in the summer after the UMBC loss so I was really there from the time I started with them in June all the way through when we won so to be able to just see that entire process and just see how much work they put in it was just like I knew I was like I really knew I was telling everybody all right as soon as we win the first game of the tournament we had to beat Garnet Webb I was like as soon as we win this we're winning the tournament hands down like we're winning it like I know it we just like the toughest game is that first game once we're through it done game over we're winning and that's exactly what happened because it was just Oh, it was awesome because they worked so hard. Like, they're, they're, them winning was by no mistake. They worked their butts off. Like, their system is it – is, it functions so efficiently. They're just so hardworking. They did such a great job. And it, to be a part of it and to see them and be a part of that in, in every day and in in now, it was just – it was awesome. I was so happy for them. It was great. It's incredible. Um, and, I mean, whole university, that was just – and they're – they're still defending champions, right? So obviously Yeah, we technically are. And then I'm excited for next year. Oh, man, next year's going to be great. But, yeah, we're still defending champs. Hopefully we'll come back, win it again next year, and go three years in a row. <laughs> that would be, be incredible, incredible. Um, but, yeah, you, you got to experience that during your time at UVA, which is something – well, something that nobody has experienced, right? That, yeah. Uh, 200 years of university. People, get, yeah. people that, they're, they don't get that, but you were here, you were a student, you were part of it, we were friends, uh, you were athletes, you helped them out, right? Uh, yeah. You were part of that story. That's that's really incredible, Kate. Uh, I envy you for that. I'm jealous. Uh, <laughs> I'll there, I'll be around, but I, I'm jealous. Hey, well, you, you helped me be able to do it. You, uh, you, the other coaches, teammates, were full reason why I was allowed to be able to do that. that yeah, was... Well, it, it was fun. And uh, talk about teammates. So how important were your teammates to you? Right. In basketball, in, in sports that are team sports, I mean, that's given, right? You need to have good teammates. You got to click with them. Yeah. You have to pass the ball. You got to receive the ball. Yeah. Um, in track and field, you don't really uh, uh, necessarily, uh, uh, how, say, how would I put this? Um, you're not affected as much, your performance as much uh, by your teammates, but it's still mm-hmm. is, right? Uh, that that environment, you were around some incredible throwers and runners and jumpers. How was that experience for you? And how, how did you, uh, how much did you benefit from that? Oh, teammates are everything. And that's the thing. So many times people with track, they're like, Oh, it's not a team sport. It's individual. It just depends on you. Cause it's not like me and Maria are holding the javelin together and we're launching it as cute as that could be. <laughs> we're not, you know, we're not doing it together. Um, but to be able to train with other people and not even just, other javelin throwers, not even just Maria, Ethan, Jesse, Buscelli, not just them, but the shot putters, discus throwers, hammer, everybody just, they're working so hard and to be around like elite athletes, like I was being around Philip, who's obviously he's our 2016 Olympian, training around him, training around Jordan, Pobo, around all these people who are very, very successful athletes. And to be with them in the, in every day and just see them, their work ethic, it was it was inspiring because on days that you felt, all right, I can't, I can't push this. Like I, I can't do it. It's not like on meet day, somebody's going to sub in for you and then, Oh, I got you, Kate. Don't worry. I'll throw it for you today. It's still on you. 
Like it doesn't, it's at the end, it's still on you. So your teammates, I think in track are so important to be able to push you and get you to be able to accomplish what you need for that day when you're maybe not feeling it as much or on the reverse, if they're slacking or just not, just not as excited to practice that day or not as ready for it, you're able to bring them up. So I think that be able to bring the best out in them that day, I think that's the best part about it and just see how other people are working and see, okay, if they're like, if you're not doing well and you're hitting that plateau, it's like, okay, I don't know, what am I doing wrong? I'm lifting, I'm practicing, what's going on? But my, my shoulder's bothering me. Okay, well, if you look at, uh, Philip, for example, let's say he had an injury. I can't think of one right now, but let's say he had an injury and he was practicing lifting, but he was also getting rehab done on it to make the injury better. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, maybe he's doing, being really successful because he's also addressing that like nagging injury. Okay, you should do that too. So I think it's good from that aspect of things. If you're, if you're not progressing, you can look at to your teammates and be like, okay, why are you doing so well? What could I also do? Oh, you, you're, I don't know, you're sleeping eight hours. And, oh, I'm only sleeping four. Okay, maybe I should sleep more. Like that kind of a thing I think is really helpful. But no, I'm still super close. Like I still talk, cause, like our teammates, like we're, you know, able to push each other on the, um, on the track. But then we're also really like, I'm still friends. Like we still talk and hang out. Like Carter Green, she lives 15 minutes away. We were up in Philadelphia now and yeah. she lives 15 minutes away. So we're, we still hang out and talk to Pobo and Nate and everybody. We still get to chat, Ethan, just everybody we get to talk to and still have Snapchat group chats that we talk in. And yeah, so we're still connected and it's awesome knowing that a group of people who you train with for hours and hours and hours and spent significant amount of time with, we're still friends. It's not, it's not like, okay, after, after we left UVA, it was done. It's no, I'll still stay friends with you for my life. So it's awesome. It's incredible how it affects you. Right. So I, I yeah. always say this and I, I tell, I tell you guys this very frequently, right. I'm jealous again, uh, being jealous. I'm the, the most jealous coach. Right? Apparently, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm of these athletes. I'm jealous. I'm not on a team with you guys. Right. So I had incredible yeah. teams when I was in college. Uh, but what you guys had really and, and really and truly, like Coach Wilson would say, right, really and truly, uh, yeah. you were guys the most amazing team. You were smart, and you still are smart, right? You're smart people, good people, great athletes with great working habits. It's really hard to be just, you know, feel down all the time or not work as yeah. hard and not try your best when you have 20 people around you and they're all trying, right? Uh, yeah. and, and it could be the other way around, right? So if you have 20 people who are slackers and they don't want to work mm-hmm. out, they're partying too much, it's easy to fall into that too because you have that to compare yourself uh, with, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not as bad, you know, these guys are even, you know, mm-hmm. what it is to go out four times a, a week or whatever, right? So it can go, it can push you up and it can also tear you down. It's so important. Absolutely. To and to be a part of a group that was just we had the expectations within our group of what what do we set our standard of we have i felt like we really had like a like an unspoken standard of like excellence i guess of like all right we're all gonna be amazing and it was just it was so cool to be a part of it and like i'm like i'm i'll throw for fun post collegiately more more than anything but like i have like several friends from the team like they're still competing competitively and to be able to see them and like, I'm so excited for next summer. Like who's going to make it? Like, I can't wait to just watch them succeed. And hopefully like, Oh, that's my friend. Look at him throwing. He's in the Olympics. Like yeah. it's just awesome. And just, it's, it was such a cool thing to be a part of that group. It was, we were truly, we were the best 
throws team in the country. There, I said it. Like, <laughs> like I mean, just it was just awesome. It was such a great experience, and couldn't be more thankful for it. And and you definitely you were definitely a big part of that too. You scored on uh, our conference though, so many times, and coming back from all the injuries that you did, you were still able to do that. How <laughs> difficult was that? You you had three surgeries. You had a knee, and I had. Yeah, oh yeah, I had well three. The third one was after I graduated because I got I got hurt. It was um, the right before regionals. I got hurt last year. So how how hard was that for you? So a lot of athletes there, we are all mm -hmm. afraid of injuries, right? And injuries, almost hundred percent time, almost hundred ninety nine point nine percent. Yeah, you will get injured in your career because you're pushing your body to the limit, right? Oh yeah. Uh, how did you deal with that? It's not an easy, it's not an easy uh, pill to swallow, right? When you're so good and then, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh, coach, I, I think I heard something. Uh, <laughs> I think this is it. Yeah, I was like, that was not right. My elbow I cannot believe that you did <laughs> I would cry like a baby if that happened to me. <laughs> you guys listening, Kate, she had a, a UCL broke, right? Yeah, I completely tore my UCL. I think it was actually like strained at the top and then just completely tore, just and, snapped. In this moment, she did not blink an eye. She was just like, Coach, I, I think I heard something. I'm like, what did you hear? Like, oh, something here. I'm like, that's not good. Are you not hurting? Like, no, it's just like, you're done. <laughs> Complete tear, you didn't feel it. I mean, that's just being a beast. Uh, but how was that process of, you know, again, this is your second now injury, going back, treatments and then and surgery how, how did you cope with that mentally it was hard um but I think the way I got through that how I got through all of my injuries was just like I always I always thought of myself as I guess like I believed in myself a lot I really didn't I thought that I was I never reached my true potential as, as an athlete like I think I truly could throw extremely far like I really, I really do. And um, having that like strong belief in myself that, Hey, I, I really can throw that far. And like, yeah, I got injured, but all right, that's fine. Here's, it's just like, as soon as you get back, you'll throw further. Like there's a reason you got this and it's going to be okay. Um, I just have like, I guess I'm stubborn and I just always felt that way. Um, but just really like, it was hard. Like it was not easy, but so each time I got injured, I was just like, okay, like, you have to do this. This is how you're going to get better and get back for next season. So you can hit a PR, you can throw further than X number of athletes and you'll make it to nationals and that's what you're going to do. And it was just, I always had this expectation of myself that I would be really good and I'd throw as far as I possibly could. So having that expectation, it wasn't that, like when I went to the training room, it wasn't like, oh, I don't like, yeah, there's days I was like, I don't want to go, but I had to go. So it never was a question of, oh, I might just not go today. There was never a question of can you go or can you not it was always you have to go and if you don't want to go suck it up because you have to go <laughs> it was never the option of oh i'm not going to go is that i i had to because this is what i need to do um and always just i think really just at the like what really like summed it up was just like my ability just to continually come back was that i just i was so motivated by myself so intrinsically i was so motivated that i can throw further and just I haven't done it yet but this is going to be my year um so then like after I got injured I was like okay this really sucks but other throwers they've come back they've they hit Tommy John and then they came back and they were super strong so if you do everything you can you can come back too so 
like seeing other athletes like Maria, like she had Tommy John, like, okay, well she, she went in the training room, she did this and she healed great. Like you do that too. Um, so it was definitely that had one was teammates helping me. The teammates were extremely helpful. You, you were very, very supportive and like, it's okay. It's just another thing, but you'll get by, you'll get through it. So the support from others was extremely helpful. I can't even express that enough. And then just telling myself, okay, other people believe in you. You have to believe in yourself. Like, you got to get through it. Um, and then like after certain timestamps of seeing like, Oh, like this treatment thing's kind of working. Like maybe there's something to it. And then you see it working and you're feeling good. And, um, yeah, I mean, of course injuries, they suck. They're never fun when it happens, especially like that season I was doing really, really well. I thought I was going to just, like, I, I knew I had a huge throw in store. Like I was just ready to hit a bomb and, cooking. It was cooking already. and then I was throwing and all of a sudden I just heard a pop and I was like, that's not good. And I, I knew like immediately, like, ah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, was, I remember when it happened, I was, I was, I was heartbroken and I, I, I couldn't imagine what you felt. Uh, but what I knew is that you've been there before and I knew you're going to do everything that you need to get better. And like you said, there, there has been, luckily we have great surgeons, right? At, uh, what's your yeah. name? Dr. Dr. Shabra. He was the one who did my elbow and he did great. I mean, it was, I, I healed fantastic, but yeah. I also, I was, I never worked harder in my life for something. Like I, I was super dedicated. Like I was like, okay, you need to eat well. You need to treat your body. You need to sleep. Like it was, it was so challenging, but I knew I needed to do those things. And I was like, this has to happen, but I never worked harder. So that was why it was so rewarding coming back. That was last spring. Cause I was like, I have to make it to this, this, like I have to throw the season. Otherwise I'm not like, I won't have like, that's my last shot. I, at that point I would have hit six years. There's no seven years. There's no, <laughs> there is now. There's nothing left. <laughs> there is now, but yeah, there wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't before, but um, yeah. So Sam Young, I guess is going to, I don't know. He's at six. I don't know who's going to be at seven, but. Maria. She got the one more. Oh, oh yeah. Maria's got six or seven. seven. Yeah. She's, she's now, she, she beat me on the grandma status, yeah. but. Yeah, I think so. Right? I don't know, maybe. Yeah. I uh, don't know. Either way, we've both been in the NCAA yeah, a long time. Uh, but uh, no, it was incredible that, that you were uh, that you were able to come back. Uh, but what I think the most important thing during injuries is how you deal with them, right? So if yeah. you, and what we, how you do that is going to determine a lot of things how you do in your life. You're going to be there's only so many athletes in track that they can they can dedicate their whole lives to be an athlete, right? So somebody yeah. uh, uh, like Philip, right, he's, he's doing well. Mm -hmm. Even he needs to throw a couple of feet further uh, to be, to, to, to secure enough living to do that for the rest of our lives, right? So somebody, yeah. oh, come on, he's a world champion. Basically, you have to be a world champion so, lot, so track can be your life, right? What, yes, yeah. Track teaches you well, what I found out from you guys watching you uh, and seeing athletes in the past, is how you deal with those four or five years, six years in college. When you are an athlete, when that's, that's your job mm -hmm. uh, and, and you have school, if you successfully do all the steps, the, the, the outcome doesn't even matter. Uh, in one way, it's, you know, you're going to be a champion, you're going to be a record holder. It matters that you did those steps and you, you have, yes. you're healthy now with your elbow, right? It's, it's better. Yeah, uh, elbows. <laughs> 
you will, but what you do is you make those habits and those habits will, will follow you for the rest of your life. Because if this is how you did it in college, when you had people that helped you around, right? When you had some uh, resources, mm -hmm. now when life hits you, right? If, if you have challenges with that, life is going to be really hard. Life's going to be, okay. you have about 80 years to live uh, outside of being a college, uh, college student and or athlete, right? Uh, so that's so reflective of how your life is going to be. And then, you know, going through the surgeries, I mean, you go to sleep and you hope, you know, when you wake up, it's going to be fine. That's a scary thing to do for in any age, right? Um, yeah. When you do that at that age, man, life, your life becomes much easier. Life is going to be tough, but it's going to be much easier to deal with some things uh, later on. Uh, that's a small part of you guys. You guys did an incredible job uh, in, in doing that and bouncing back. Thank you. Yeah, it was hard, and but it was. I think one thing, like for any current athlete who gets injured, is like if you can put some of the rehab process in and be around your teammates, that is so much helpful. So helpful because I think sometimes if you're always constantly in the training room, you feel really removed from your group because you're you're like I'm missing out on lift, I'm missing out on practice, like and you really miss the camaraderie. But I think for current athletes, if you're injured, go go to practice and do do your band exercises or try to do some rehab stuff at the track or with, and if you're in the weight room, like there's still stuff you can do. Like, okay, when I injured my elbow, safety bar squat, right. <laughs> like you can still lift, like there's still things you can do, but there's just modifications you have to do and you can still be around your teammates. Like don't let an injury make you think, Oh, I can't work out. Okay. Well, if you hurt your elbow, you have legs, right? Like, okay, you can squat. You like, there's so many, you can do band walk. There's so much stuff you can do. If you hurt your arms, you can do stuff with your legs. So, or your legs you can stuff up your body so study is super important to still exercise and challenge yourself when you're injured just obviously use the limb that isn't injured <laughs> and of course within safe realms but like that is so important if you just feel like a blob and you're just doing pt exercises and that's all you're doing you're not going to progress you're not going to feel good about yourself you're not going to feel ready to compete because then when your elbow is ready well you're so out of shape it doesn't matter you're in, you're you're healed because you're not in throwing shape. You're not even remotely close. Yeah. So I think that that's a really important thing too, is be around your teammates doing your rehab exercises and then do some workouts that you can, because you, you can always work out. There's just modifications you have to do. I, I, I love how you look at those things. That's a very mature way to think of it. Uh, Cause I, there's actually no other way. Like you have to be immerse yourself completely in rehab. And like you said, go out and check it out. Your teammates be part of the team. Yeah. We will be back. You will be back, right? Yeah. And when you're back, you want to be ready. You don't want to start over, right? Um, yeah, and absolutely. Like said, there's so many things you can do, too. Uh, lower body, yeah, your other hand. Um, and I'll, mm -hmm. we talked about this. Um, we, we, set our, we set ourselves a very high goals. Uh, and I think it's incredible that you did make it to the first round of NCAs with everything, right? So you had a surgery. You had to come back. You had, I almost wish it happened the year before. <laughs> oh, I wish it did too. I did too. Like I look back, I'm like, oh, that would have been great if that happened before, because I would have been just like, I would have just been throwing yeah. awesome. I would have felt awesome. And Technically, maybe, maybe I'll pick up a jab for fun again, and I'll hit my my shot. <laughs> yeah. No, I. But it's, like I said, it's it's what you do with that time, and you have to you have to do the best that you can, you know, knowledge wise and time wise yeah. at that time, uh, and mm -hmm. that's how you gotta approach your whole life, right? Oh, absolutely. I think you guys all did such a great job uh, in doing those things, uh, conquering 
conquering uh, daily daily tasks, right? You know, being better every day in every way, right? Uh, every if, yeah. <laughs> just uh, if you're not, it's just a waste of time, and the time is the only thing that you cannot bring back, right? Yeah. Health. If you get you know injury, you can get a surgery. If you lose a car, if you lose a house, you can work hard to get another house, right? As people yeah. always say about time, man, you can't take that back. Um, no, so use it wisely. Because you want to look back and be like, oh, I'm, I'm so happy I did that. And I really do. I look back on my years at UVA, I was like, I want to change it. I had so, like great coaches, great teammates, great friends, yeah. great experiences. I wouldn't have changed it. I, I wouldn't have. You have to use your time and enjoy it. That's the big thing is enjoy it. Don't just become a robot of, oh, my life is hard because I'm a student athlete. Okay, well, there's 600 other student athletes. Their lives are hard. You can also enjoy it. You're not the only person. There's other people struggling. But find somebody, talk to someone, or if, you, if it's, you're having a hard time doing time management or whatever, but yeah. it'll be fine. Find, gotta... find a healthy balance, right? Healthy balance. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. did, you, did you have any pre-meets um, traditions, I guess, or some routines that – you know, sometimes people have their whole routine yeah. for the meet. Did you have any? What was your pre-meet uh, routine? I was always struggling with that. Like, so for, like, Maria, she had this, like, she would eat, what was it, a Snickers bar and then, like, a Red Bull before every single meet. And I was like, how on earth do you eat that and then you compete? Yeah. Like, I just, but it worked for her, and that's her thing, and it worked great for her. But, like, for me, like, I was always trying to find, like, my routine but i guess my routine would be like at a certain point like i'd go warm up by myself like i put music on but then they got like depending on the meat they're super super strict where you could have music and not it just depended on like if the track had an extra warm-up area like a separate area where you could do that versus where you were but i was like that just to be able to like really focus think about the meat like i would go on my phone and, like i had some like, like i had i would watch videos of other throwers who were super good like if there was something i was working on I remember there was a video you had sent me and it was of this one thrower and her release because i always struggled with the trajectory of the jab like how it would release and just the one video it highlighted it great so i would watch her do it but then i would also go back and i'd see a video of myself in a practice that i did it well because that's you don't want to just watch videos of other athletes doing it because you're yes your brain's going to process like okay that's what i'm supposed to do but if you're able to then see yourself do it now, okay, I can do it. It's not just, they can do it. And that's what I want to do. It's I can do it. And I have done it. So it becomes less of, there's less pressure on that specific meat. Okay. I want to hit this te technical aspect of my throw. It's, Oh, I know I can do it cause I've done it. And then there's more confidence too. So I do that. And then I would just I always had coffee. I would try to like pump as much caffeine in, try to, you know, I'd have some kind of coffee, but, um, yeah. Other, I didn't have like some people are super ritualistic like I need to eat I remember uh Abby Karen she had to have I think it was like a chicken Caesar salad like before like every meat or something like like that and I remember like certain meats like coach Wilson would have to go and like okay we need to get this specific thing but, like yeah. I never had specific yeah. I would eat I would drink coffee first and then I would just do a couple of stuff but it wasn't anything yeah, super. Right. you gotta find what works for you right like you, you might not yeah Sometimes, well, all the time, it's better not to have something very structured because unless you have that, there's a situation yeah. you don't have that, and then you're like, oh, my God, I don't have <laughs> I don't have the Snickers that I like, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, they don't have the Snickers, then yeah. I can't grow, but. <laughs> you got to make sure you have all the things, right? But uh, 
Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's better not to have strict routine. Mm -hmm. So just when the, when the situation comes, that things vary, uh, that you yeah. might not have that, or not might have time. Something might, the meeting might be delayed, right? So now, like, yeah. oh, I ate three hours, but now I now it's going to be four yeah. hours. What do I do, right? You have to be flexible with those things. That was the hardest thing, especially I remember Virginia Challenge would always get rain because we the 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 jab group, the women jab, we would always be late on Saturday. And it always rained late Saturday. And I remember there's one meet. I think I was throwing it like 10 30 or eleven o'clock at night. And I was like, how on earth do you get like you do well? You do well. Like, this is crazy. I was like, this is this is so late. Um it was fun, but it's like your whole day gets your routine gets messed up. You have to go to adapt. But I do think there is value in having a routine because then when your meet like routine, like if if it gets delayed, then like there's other stressors coming into play that you might not even recognize, but your body's going to recognize because to your body, stress is stress. Like it's not going to actually determine what the difference is of that stress. So if you're able to recenter yourself with your routine before you throw, I think that's going to put you in a good mind body state to be able to go and compete. So I think there's definitely value to it. It's just find what it is and we're not try to control too much. Cause then if something does change and then it's like, Oh no, like, I now have to drink three Red Bulls because the meat has been delayed three times. Like, something like that. I don't know. No, exactly, right? You don't want to uh, have – you want to have a plan, but yeah. you also have a plan, a backup plan, right? Or you yes. know, the, the plan, plan C, plan D, whatever, right? Yeah. Because um, if situation change, and they often do in the spring, there's always some oh, yeah. or delays or uh, flights or change or whatever, uh, you know, flights or javelin. Yeah. In the air. <laughs> uh, there, there's so many uh, walking things, uh, developing things that you have to. You just have to be able to be flexible. Um, yeah. So, what was your What was your worst meet that you threw at? Some worst conditions. Is it high school or in college? Um, what was it? I'd still say to this date, my worst conditions I threw in was probably in high school. It was my state meet in high school. It was like it was like probably what it was like 40 degrees or something that the one that it was in may won. i won yeah i ended up winning the meet but it, like i won states it was sweet but it was like it I, I still right? think that that was the worst conditions because it was like i think it was like 40 degrees had where like 30 this? 40 mile an hour winds what where, where was it shippensburg university it was may 2013 so it was my senior year of high school and it was so it was crazy winds and the winds were like crosswind it was like a it was a, it was like coming from the front, but then it was also crosswind. So you'd throw and then it would like shoot the jab down and out of the sector. It was like horrible winds and it was freezing and it was like raining. I remember like, I was so bummed because at the time, like I threw and it was like, I was trying to break 150. That was my, my goal in high school to throw over that. And it, it hit out of bounds. It hit the, the, the box that said 150 because the wind like shot it and it hit the box. It was like, come on it was terrible but i ended up winning but it was it was horrible conditions it was it was brutal but in college i'm trying to think you threw in rain well obviously the worst definitely threw in rain uh there was there was one meet that it was cold and raining but i think they ended up the men threw but i think they ended up canceling the women it was a it was a weird meet. We had like two in a row. We had a Friday and a Saturday one. I don't remember when it was, but my years kind of like I get confused which years what happened. But it was weird. It was like a 
it was a Friday and a Saturday meet. And like some people could throw twice. Like you could like shot putters. It was great because you could do both. And I want to say Saturday, the weather started to get bad, but I think the women got canceled or like you told me not to throw something like that. But what one made that it was crazy conditions and, and you, apparently you throw well in horrible conditions. You, you won the state made yeah. then Miami, you threw really far. That win was just horrible. Oh yeah, that was bad. That was bad. And then um Oh, you Kentucky. Can't throw, there were 40, you know, 30 meters, you know, and then you're 47. Yeah. Um, Do you remember uh, it was Kentucky, it was the regional meet, when the first two flights, it was like horrible rains, like ridiculous, and the, the first two flights, it was r- ridiculous rain. Actually, that was probably close to the worst I've ever thrown in, besides the cold, but the rain, the wind, and then the third flight, which was like four hours later, was like beautiful, no wind, I was that just wasn't fair. No, it's not um, fair because you were in that terrible flight. And then it's, it's, it's the whole system of that media is, has to change because you, you were not in the same conditions. You oh, not, it wasn't even remotely close. You guys threw in, in, in horrible, horrible conditions and you have nice, it's like a different meet. And then how do you, you know, compete to get to nationals in two different? Yeah, um, yeah two I'm different not sure how they can fix that, but that was not fair. That actually, that might have been my worst conditions that Kentucky meet that was really was bad just, I was looking at it like how do you fight this it's a huge headwind and it was just you can't pierce for it it's 600 grams you just can't it was and it's then the, the weather changes and it was tailwind I'm like well, this is just insane they're, yeah their their weather was beautiful it could not have been better I was just like this that sucks but I don't really know how they could even structure meat differently with so many you know right? I'm not even sure how they would do that but they used to do it. They used to have four regions. Um, so they would have 24 people per region. All right. And then, okay. Uh, so there are some ways, uh, automatic qualifiers used, used to work in the past. They're changing. They're trying to figure out uh, how to organize that meet. And then you get three throws, right? <laughs> yeah. That's also the, that's a tough thing too. But, so, um, but yeah, you guys, you guys still did really well. Uh, you were, you were ready for the fight <laughs> to do the best that you can at that meet. Um, yeah, I always well, knew I was ready. Yeah. I want to ask you about, uh, for UVA, mm-hmm. somebody like, like me who were never a freshman or undergraduate student, how's that experience? So you're living in the dorm, and where did you mm-hmm. live the first year? I lived in Cawthon, which I think is still there. Like, if you're going to dorms and you see, like, O'Hill, and you yeah. look up just the little courtyard, it's the building you see right there. It's between, what is it, Tuttle and Shannon. Okay. It's between, I think, it's next to Wood, Woody. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's next to Woody. Yeah, I lived in Cawthon. So, yeah. That was good. I, hmm? that, that's very convenient. So you go to the uh, dining hall and you, all your classes are there. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty close to classes and bus stops and stuff. So how did you go around finding apartments after that? So not every college is the same, right? So you some yeah. just have campus with dining or whatever. Um, undergraduate um, mm-hmm. rooming, I guess. Uh, some dorms, right? Some don't have yeah. ability to live off grounds. How did you find apartments or off grounds? How's that process goes? Yeah, so typically, oh, UVA is super early. You actually need to like sign a lease by October to get anything good, which is crazy because for first years, you're at school for a month and a half and you have to sign a lease with people. And a lot happens that first year. Like you, you might sign a lease and then you get to the next year and you're like, 
I have to live with you for another year. That's <laughs> all right. There we go. <laughs> um, so I found my first apartment. Well, as I mentioned, I came to UVA in January. So people already had their apartments. Um, I just lucked out. There was two field hockey players, Katie and Megan Kelly. They were twins and um, a diver. Her name was Katie Warburg. Um, they ended up just needing a third roommate. I guess, I don't know if they had somebody and it fell through. I have literally no clue, but I just got connected and somebody was like, Hey, they need a roommate. And they're, they're actually from Pennsylvania. The, okay. the twins were, um, they, were like, they need a roommate. Okay. Sign me up. Like I, I didn't even, I guess I, I probably met them first would be my guess, but I honestly might've just signed the lease. Just be like, you're athletes. You must be. Yeah, cool. I, I've probably seen you in the dining hall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um so I lived with them and it was all it worked out great I mean we got along super well um and then afterwards because in my dorm um there was a several athletes in my hall on like my wing of the the hall and I became best friends with two volleyball players and so then I lived with them my third year because we were of course wanting to live with each other that second year but obviously with the way roommates work and apartments we couldn't live together but we moved in together that third year um so I actually still talked to one of them Haley Cole like I still talk to her very frequently she's still one of my best friends but um yeah some of the, from there was just like living with teammates and friends I did move every year I don't recommend it it was awful but um yeah like I lived lived on Wirtland Street for three of my years I lived with Carter at one point I lived with Maya the triple jump she's triple jumper for people who don't know um I'm trying to think of other track people live with bridget guy last year yeah i live with i live with a bunch of people i live with field hockey volleyball track swimming diving yeah i had a broad range lacrosse and, and most people most athletes at uva do and how awesome is that that you get to so this is what i didn't have in two universities three universities that i was i guess um you don't have dining hall like jpj that you are having dinner with all the athletes i think what is really special about uva that you guys from different sports mm. hang out all very frequently right usually yeah. track with track football with football swimming you know uh yeah. you, you guys are all hanging out you have 700 friends right oh yeah and that's the best like i had i was friends with so many sports it was awesome like because then when you're at their games, you're like, that's my friend out there. Yeah. It's legitimately your friend. It's not just like, yeah. oh, that's, that's my friend. Well, my friend no, I, I actually ate dinner with him like almost every day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cool uh, to build those relationships and see that. Because I, I have one of my really good friends now. We became friends post-collegiately. She was a javelin thrower at Penn State. Um, Steph Seavers. I don't know if you remember her. Yeah. She, yeah. Was, she threw over 50 meters. Um, she was telling me about her experience at Penn State. And then some of them, like, she was saying, yeah, it was – like sometimes you'd mix, but it was definitely like much more you'd kind of hang out with your team. But that was one thing too, like as to why I picked UVA was that was a big draw for me. Was that that I was told that you're friends with other sports because I'm a super social person. Like I, I I'm friends with a bunch of people, so like I love that. Um, but yeah, it was cool. It was it was awesome getting to be friends with everybody and yeah. this switches up. Sometimes you're with your teammates too much. You're like I love you guys, but I need a <laughs> I need a little break. <laughs> I need a little break from you, but I love you, but I need a break. <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's definitely a unique experience. Uh, I think yeah. every school should have a thing that we have for you guys, JPJ, right, which is our basketball arena, but it's also academic center and dining hall just for athletes. 
So about yeah. 700 of you guys have dinner there, right? Every Almost every day, except two days, right? Friday and Saturday. Yeah, JPJ was great. Those guys and girls all the time, right? And, and, you, and you see them on campus, like, hey, you know, Greg, hey, you know, Helen. Uh, yeah. Tell them, right? It's not like, oh, he plays basketball. I, know. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Yeah. Or she's on a volleyball team. I, I, I don't know what she does. Or, uh, yeah. You get to know these 700 people and, you know, and more. Right, so 700 people mm -hmm. at a time in one year, but you change over three, four, five years, six years. Um, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, JJ Danny was great. It was like such yeah. a nice time to be able to like hang with teammates and stuff. It was awesome. I know, yeah, a lot of guys hang out with football players. Um, obviously, strong guys, right? Hang out with strong guys, but yeah. also. <laughs> um, so it's it's great to see. It's great to see. This is yeah. the time when you really make good connect well this is the time that you spend a lot of time with these uh student athletes who went through the same things that you're going through right so you oh, yeah. struggle and they understand how you're struggling too right so that's that's mm -hmm. and then you have you know a thousand people going through that yeah um, so you were a couple more, i have a couple more questions for you uh yeah. before i let you go <laughs> uh, <laughs> one is obviously we talked about this before you were um almost on a daily basis in a, in a uh, lifting room and training room with basketball team. So mm -hmm. you got to hang out with those guys and train those guys for a whole year, yeah. a little more than a year, be part of that amazing process, right? Yeah. So a lot of people think they know what they want to do when they graduate, right? And you did it mm -hmm. really well in what you're doing. And I'm sure if you go back to training and being a coach, mm -hmm. You'll, you'll pick up where you left and you have an incredible experience. But tell us how, how was that, you know, first year after you graduate that you worked and you had some, you know, a great clients as well. How was that for you? And now you're doing something else, right? So tell us a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah, so kind of like, for those who don't know, I got my master's in exercise physiology. I was a graduate assistant strength and conditioning coach. So my plan, well, kind of when I was going into grad school, I was toying with the ideas whether or not I wanted to coach collegiately in strength and conditioning so that was kind of my first thought as I was going through it I loved it I had a great experience but I it wasn't going to be right for me it just involves coaching collegiately you just have to move around a lot um and of course you work really long hours um and it wasn't just conducive to the lifestyle that I personally wanted to live I value my relationships a lot with friends, family, my fiance, which is cool to say now. Um, we'll talk about that too. Yeah. Um, and to be and like moving around a lot and just that lifestyle wasn't going to fit my happiness of something that I knew I wanted. And that wasn't something that I knew when I first started grad school. Like I didn't know that I was still deciding what path I wanted. So then it became this thing of like, okay, I want to coach, but I don't want it to be, for 12, 14 hours out of my day, because that's what, it, it's a lot of hours. It is so much. And I just knew that personally wasn't right for me. So then I knew, okay, I'm gonna do something private sector is probably gonna be more my path. So then I went and I was doing some personal training and in personal training you needed to do, like I had to work with more like healthy adults. And I also had some, I had some elderly clients, a guy who had like a brain aneurysm, I had to work with him. So I had to work with like, think like super PT related, like we had to work on just walking patterns and balance, stuff like that. But then I had normal adults and then I had also high school athletes. So I was training some basketball players. I trained some lacrosse players, hockey. So I had a bunch of different athletes there. And I, and I coached at a middle school, coached athletes. And it was fun, but it was just, 
again, it was just something that it wasn't, it wasn't right for me. You would coach a couple people in the morning and then you'd have, you know, five hours of your day that you're doing nothing. Cause no one's training. Like you would coach from, I had my first client was at six. So I'd coach from six to like on and off coaching till about 10 in the morning. And then I had probably five hours of a break, something like that. And then I would start coaching again around three, sometimes it'd be four. My last client, I'd be done around seven. So I'd be out of my house from, it'd be, it was still 12 hours, but I'm, I'm sitting there looking at my day. I'm like, this was why I wasn't doing collegiate coaching because I didn't want to be coaching for 12 hours, 14 hours of my day because I had to get home and I'd have maybe two hours and then I'd have to go to bed again. And it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't for me. I wasn't super happy doing it. And the clients I'm mostly interested in is I love coaching athletes. Like that's what I'm passionate about. But unfortunately you have to pay bills. You have to be able to live. So you need to be able to coach people who are non-athletes too, to be able to do that. So I was a, I did some, I was a director of sports performance at a gym for a little bit too. Uh, it was a new gym. So it was a startup. So it wasn't super packed when I started. Um, but that was really cool. I loved it because I got to work with athletes again. But it was the hours from like one until eight or nine o'clock at night. And it was, you know, it, it, my, my fiance, he works until five. So when he was done working, I would still be working. So then we both like, it'd be nine o'clock by the time. It just didn't work for my life. So then I went into, so I knew coaching wasn't going to be for me full time. And so then I went into, I got a job as a project manager. So just switched fields entirely. So now I'm a project manager and it's for a liquid manufacturing company, which sounds like super dorky. It's like, what is that? You just make like soaps and super exciting stuff. Like, you know, soaps, hand sanitizer, that kind of stuff. But I really like it. It's super dynamic. I have to be able to manage a ton of tasks at a time. I make real decisions. So it's kind of all of those aspects of coaching and like I, it's all these transferable skills because the coach, you need to be able to manage, you're managing tons of athletes. You need to watch their form. You need to make sure doing things are correct. You need to adapt the plan. Oh, okay. Like little Jimmy, he's hurt today. Okay. He can't do that. Now you got to do this. You got to be able to be able to adapt. You need to be able to change. So there's like, think on your toes. There's always problems. So those skills easily transferred over. Like I wouldn't, like, I'm, I mean, I've been working here now for about four months and like, I think I'm picking up on it really quickly and I'm getting doing well. So all of those skills I learned previously really helped me now. Like I wouldn't be doing what I am right now. Like I'm doing well because of those experiences and I don't regret it. Um, but something I'm looking forward to that I do want, cause I don't see, like, I definitely see myself coaching, but just not full time. So I'd love to be able to build my own like small business and be able to coach youth athletes. So, you know, youth being, maybe 10 to 18 years old, like something middle school and high school. And even I could do some kids from college home on breaks. Um, so I'm passionate about that. And I would love there's, that's an area that is really missing. You see athletes get to college. They don't know how to move appropriately. Like their movement competency and the quality of their movements, their motor control is horrible and they get to college and now they're behind the ball and they can't be doing these more difficult lifts and they're not going to be getting as pow getting powerful because they need to get strong and they need to be able to learn to move. So it's just this big issue. I think that if I could develop something, be able to work with athletes after school on weekends and help them grow and be the best they can, I think that that would really be fulfilling for me. And I would love to do that because I, I worked really hard to be a coach and I, I love it. I know a lot about it, but just more as like a, I think just with athletes, I'd like. 
Yeah, and, and who's the coach in a company, right? So it's CEO, it's the manager, right? So you, all these uh, all these things that you do in all these professions require yeah. interaction with people, right? And it's different people with different kind of skills that you need to make into a project, right? Into a team, into a yeah. project, uh, into a game. So it's uh, we talked about this just before we started recording. It's how is it, how important it is to do as much as you can find different things in life that you think you like and that you you know you kind of know that you you can go in that direction try them do the best that you can in that and even if you don't end up doing that those skills are not wasted you are like you just said, right like you, you or you work with people uh you, you coach people from all ages all different goals uh, mm -hmm. you manage their workouts you manage their uh, preparation you manage the preparation of the gym right so it's all the and you work with the basketball team, the, the workouts around their schedules. Are, so it's all these moving parts that you have yeah. done that almost every job requires, right? Um, oh yeah, yeah, it, I mean, it helps me so much. And like, I, lo I love coaching to this day. Like I still create programs for people. Like I'm still programming, I still read stuff. Like I still have my CSCS, I'm gonna renew it. Um, like, I'm still gonna maintain those things. And it's just like, so it transferred super easily to my current position. But then it's also like, I am passionate about it. It's not going to just disappear from my life. I'm going to integrate it in. It's just obviously with Corona now, it's a little bit challenging. But I think that's something that people get so locked into is like, oh, my major was this. I don't know. I have a job in this major. It doesn't really matter. It's how, what is your skills? And like, I think people like, you need to focus on what's going to make you happy and like successful to the point of where you want it. Like, what do you define success as and how are you going to? Like live your life so it's yeah it, yeah exactly not being not being afraid to try those things and, and try your yeah. best at it and along the way you're gonna learn some incredible things uh you're gonna learn you're gonna meet some incredible people who will help yeah. you and who you can help too they're gonna be grateful you're gonna make how awesome it is to make somebody's life better right to train somebody oh yeah somebody reach their goals it's incredible uh oh it's, it's some, awesome yeah and if you meet some people along the way, uh, it's it's even better, right? So, as you yeah. have, right, you chose UVA, and uh, your whole life changed in the direction that you didn't know. You came to UVA mm -hmm. uh, after almost going somewhere else. You met some yeah. incredible people, right? And uh, you met yeah. your fiance now. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> UVA gave me two degrees and a husband. <laughs> yeah. I can't guarantee everyone will, but. <laughs> No, amazing. And you guys are the best couple out there. Uh, Boos, who's an incredible athlete that I, I was privileged to be to coach for a couple of years as well. He is such a hard worker uh, yeah. as yourself. Yeah, and you guys, you just you guys are powerful couple. That's just <laughs> just it. <laughs> Thank um, you. You're gonna do some great things. And I remember I saw you guys a couple of weeks ago, or, or a month ago now, uh, and I almost joked with Boos, right? Because you guys have been dating for a while now. Yeah. And it was a nice day with you guys at the lawn. And like, <laughs> I almost joked. I'm like, Boo, so you going to propose today? It's, well, look at this wonderful day, right? Yeah. I'm so happy I didn't say that. <laughs> I was ruining it. And I, was like, I was like, maybe I did. I did plan to do this. Let me just shut, shut the heck up. <laughs> I'll just do it tomorrow now. <laughs> and then, yeah, you guys texted me. That was awesome. That was awesome. So now, how, you know, project manager, now you got to manage this whole wedding. Yeah. Um, pandemic. So what, what are you guys playing? Um, you going to postpone some things? We're, we're going to see. Like, we started to look into, like, venues. Because kind of the 
I, I think, obviously I've never done this before, but I'm pretty sure like, I think my plan of attack is the biggest thing is like, we're going to like find like a venue. Um, we're also going to get married in a church. Um, uh, so we're in a, it's kind of nice. Cause so we live in the Philadelphia suburb right now, like Conchaga is pretty close to the Philly. Um, so we kind of have like a church here that we go to. And then we got one in from my hometown, which isn't too far. Okay. So we're kind of like going to find venues within those using those as the base okay. of like radius. So like, okay, we'll find somewhere within you know 10 miles of each mm. and then we'll just pick a venue. Um, and after we pick, we'll look at what dates are available, but because of Corona, a lot of like, I think 2020 weddings are going to be pushed to 2021. So I'd like to get married next September, but if there's no dates available, then we'd probably have to push it. Um, but it's, and it, it depends on the virus too. Like if it's still bad and like, there's a risk of it being delayed. I think we would just push it, but yeah, I don't know. We're yeah. super very, we're like really in just the general planning. It just, it's really hard to plan events right now. Um, really tough. Yeah. I told you my, uh, my cousin, uh, she had to postpone her wedding to next year, May. Right. So mm -hmm. she, it was supposed to be in August, but um, it's, it's a whole nother mess. But hopefully we'll have vaccine yeah. by then. Right. So there. Yeah. I oh, I hope so. Hopefully it's set by then, but yeah it's gonna be tough we, we have um we have bridget and james's wedding this weekend that's right that's right yeah yeah so a, lo a lot of uh yeah a lot of weddings on uva you guys are uh, yeah keep, keep in touch with your friends and, and you, you you make opportunities for us to get together too uh, yeah that's see, more we just than, have big, <laughs> we're yeah. the reason for reunions <laughs> yes yeah yeah uh, kate thank you so much Thank you so much. It was uh, really, I told you this so many times, it was honored to be your coach. You were an incredible athlete. I learned so much from you. Uh, and and it's, it just makes me, it humbles me to see you guys when you go through issues that you have with injuries and school and everything, right? And you make it through. Uh, it just gives me hope that I can do my things as well too, right? Uh, so, uh, and, and it gives a great example for your teammates. You're just making I'm just happy to be here, right? You guys are I'm your coach, but I'm just, I'm just happy to be around you guys to learn so much, uh, and, and I'm very blessed to have you guys on the team. Uh, Kate, you made, yeah, and you made some lives better already. Uh, you oh, are lucky you. charm. You gotta go back. You gotta come back to school maybe for PhD so we can win another championship. Right? Yeah, I know. You I think I might have. To. And then you were <laughs> coach there, and it'd be there. So I don't know. <laughs> I might have to just come back do that. <laughs> Yeah, okay, but thank yeah. you so much for having me. Uh, you made our like my year as well as the rest of Dirty Dozen. Our whole time was just incredible because of you. So thank you so much for everything you do for us. It was, it was a for fun. Everyone who's looking at you coming to UVA, come for Coach Merrick. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the great teammates too. Yeah. yeah. Thank good you. Food. Good food. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Kate. We'll talk more. Take care. Take care. All right. Thank you. Was one and only indestructible Kate Miles for you guys. Man, I wish I was as half as persistent and as strong as this young lady. She's incredible. She's gonna do some incredible things in her life. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Kate, one more time, and I see you guys soon.